Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. This week, we return to the listener library for a recommendation from our mysterious listener, Keith. Keith writes, Hi guys, greetings from Canada. I really love your podcast, especially the banter after the show. I'm wondering if you've ever given Lights Out Bon Voyage the morals treatment. It's one of my favorite radio shows ever. Lights Out was a horror series created by writer Willis Cooper in 1934 and broadcast Wednesday nights at midnight on Chicago-area NBC station WENR. Cooper's late-night Grand Guignol was a local hit, and in April 1935, NBC began broadcasting it nationally, growing the program's local following into a coast-to-coast fan base. After terrifying listeners for more than a year, Willis Cooper left Lights Out to pursue a career in Hollywood. His list of credits includes several installments of the Mr. Moto series starring Peter Lorre and the third film in Universal Studios' Frankenstein series, Son of Frankenstein. Cooper eventually returned to radio, where he created another iconic anthology series, Quiet, Please. After Cooper's departure, NBC hired a young writer-director named Arch Obler to take over creative duties on Lights Out. Obler's bold story choices and innovative production techniques drove the program to new heights of popularity. Lights Out ended in 1938. But the show was revived for a brief run in 1942 and again during the summer of 1947. Obler would return to Lights Out many times during his later career, including the 1962 album Drop Dead and the 1970 syndicated radio series The Devil and Mr. O. And now let's listen to Bon Voyage from Lights Out, first broadcast November 10th, 1942. It's late at night and a chill has set in. You're alone and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Ionized Yeast presents Lights Out, Everybody. Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the terrors of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you, calmly but sincerely, to turn off your radio now. My name, Arch Oberlin. Bon Voyage is the title of tonight's story. In other words, a good journey. Remember back in the days when one could go vacationing on shipboard? Well, those were the days when 
two old women began this most amazing bon voyage. Tonight, I'm very curious to see if you'll really feel as I do about the events to unfold in this extremely strange uh, travelogue. So, turn off your lights and listen. First, Frank Martin for just a few seconds. Friends, are you worried because you haven't the strength to do your work? Because you're so miserably thin and weak and worn out? Well, if, as with so many, it's only because you need more vitamin B and iron, get ironized yeast tablets. They work wonders for thousands who only needed more of these substances. Help them gain glorious new strength and energy and five, ten, even more pounds, often in a few short weeks. Remember the name, ironized yeast tablets. And now? Lights out, everybody. Now, are you sure the trunk is tied on securely, Mr. Cab Driver? Yes, I'm good and tight. Ask him if he's absolutely sure, Julia. Are you absolutely sure, Mr. Cab Driver? Lady, so help me. If that trunk falls off, I'll give him a kiss. Now, just a minute, young man. That's your attitude. Oh. Let me warn you, my sister and I can always take another cab. A thousand. Lady, so help me. I ain't taking any attitude. Believe me, the trunk's tied on tight. You want to get to the dock in time? Time to drive slowly, Julia. All right, Emma, get in. Now, drive slowly, young man. Yes, ma'am. They might at least have come up to say goodbye. Now, Sister Enema, you know mighty well they're jealous of us. Every one of them. It's our cross and we must bear it. Mrs. McDonald. Mrs. McDonald is just like the rest of them in that house. She takes our rent each week, but she's as jealous as any of them. Young man, drive slowly or we'll leave your cab. Yes. Never should have stayed there. I told you that 15 years ago when we first moved in. I remember distinctly saying, Emma, we shouldn't stay in a boarding house where there isn't a solitary soul above the status of a tradesperson. You remember I said that? Ask him if we'll get to the dock in plenty of time. Young man, we won't be late now, will we? I'll get you there, lady, sir. Help me. Well, see that you do. Beneath us. There's no doubt about it, Sister Emma. Everyone's always been jealous of us. No doubt about it. <sighs> The air should be good for our trouble. Don't talk about it. He can't hear us driving. No, I suppose he can't. It's been 20 years. Oh, why should we think about it? Because the air will blow it away. Ask him if we're almost there. Young man, how much further? Practically there, ma'am. we got plenty of time. Half hour to midnight. I'll see to it that we get there in time or you'll regret it. At midnight. I don't like it. Don't talk like that. It was the only time. We're slowing up. Ask him what's the matter. Young man, what's the trouble? No trouble at all, ma'am. We're at the dock. The air will make me stop dreaming those dreams, don't you think so, Sister Julia? Tell you, don't talk about it. Here you are, ladies. Got you in plenty of time. Ask him if it's the right dock. Sure it is, lady. Dock 11. Hey, uh, should I take your trunk off? No, no. You'll charge extra for that. And there'll be someone from the steamship company to do that. Uh, What's your fare? There it is on the meter, ma'am. A dollar and a quarter. Here's a dollar. A, do a dollar and a quarter, ma'am. You can see for yourself. The meter, the meter. I don't care what the meter says. Took much less time than I thought. But, lady... I don't want to hear any more about it. Come, Emma. Yes. 
Now, lady, be Stand re- to one side, driver. Let us out. Now, lady, if the meter reads a dollar and a quarter, I gotta collect a dollar and a quarter. Not another word. And question the trunk, unfasten the trunk there and go about your business. But, lady, I got. Oh, I give up watching. Are you sure it's the right dock, Sister Julia? Of course it is. See? Dock 11. Oh. What it says on the tickets. There's your trunk. Bum voyage to both of you. Impudence, scoundrel. Left our trunk lying right there in the street. Save money anyhow. Get one of the ship's people to put it on. No one around. Strange. Everything's so quiet. And just before sailing time. There's a sailor. Ask him to take our trunk aboard. Mr. Sailor. Mr. Sailor. Here's you. You call me, lady? Ask him if he's connected with the ship. Are you connected with the ship? Yes. You want to go on board? We certainly do. Julia, look. People. Where did they... One minute there was nobody, and now so many people getting on board. Julia, ask I got your trunk this way to the gangplank. Yes, yes, of course. Come, Sister Emma. Don't have to tip on the thing, Sister Julia. Part of the service we get. I know, I know. This way to the gangplank, lady. Oh, got your tickets ready, Sister Julia? I got them, I got them. Walk quickly. Don't want to lose sight of that man with our trunk. This way, ladies. Boats are crowded. So many people. Nobody seems to want to look at our tickets. Well, that's all right, too. I'm ahead, Emma. Your cabin, lady. Ask him if it's the right one, Julia. Now, are you sure it's the right one, sailor? Your trunk's inside, ladies, all ship-shape. Very well. I'm ahead, Emma. All right. Now, you don't have to tip him anything, Julia. It isn't necessary at all. Well, isn't much of a cabin. Much smaller than they told us. I'll speak to the captain. Oh, not now, not now. After we sail, don't leave me alone in this place. Now, Emma. Now, don't now, Emma, me. You've got the same thoughts. Don't talk about it. The air, sea air will do us both good that way now, won't it? Don't talk about it. There, we're starting. Yeah. All ashore, going I'm going out to see a start. No, no, wait for me. Here, Emma, by the rail. They've taken down the gangplank already. I see, I see. That means we're free to the land and everything on it, doesn't it, Emma? Don't talk about it. Isn't it enough that for 20 years... We're starting. Ship's moving. How fast the dock and all the people on it are fading away. Yes, yes, they're almost out of sight. What? Did you notice all those people on the shore? Hmm? They were waving handkerchiefs, but... But but they were crying. Sister Julia. What? The, the time. What, what, what time is it? I don't know. Reach over and turn on the light. Ship's rolling so badly. I... Oh, there. Hmm. Twenty minutes after two. The longest night. I haven't been able to sleep a wink. Why does the ship have to go so fast? That's all right. Taking us away from the cursed land. Stop saying that. Strange how for twenty years a face can come to one in the night. Stop, I tell you. 
I'm going up on deck. Oh, no, don't leave me here. I'll, I'll go with you. Come ahead, come ahead, but keep your mouth closed. Are, are you going to get dressed? No, no, just a coat. Find my slippers. Might be cold. Then stay here. No, no, I'll go with you. I, I got, got my coat already. Don't leave me. Come ahead. So quiet. Those night it must be the engine. Everyone's asleep. Good to be getting away from the land. Here, up these stairs. Huh? Well, can't you see the sign, promenade deck? Oh, oh yes, the deck. That'll be nice. And now, don't fall. Ah, I think we should go out there this time of night, Sister Julia. You like the cabin any better? Well, you were as much to blame as I. The blood. Stop you it. said. Stop it. Come out here. The wind. You wanted to come out here. Where where will we walk? Where does one walk on shipboard? Come. They drive the ship so fast. It's frightening. Then go below. No. Julia. Walk faster. I want to keep walking. Julia. What is it? We've been all around the deck. Well? And we haven't seen anyone. It's the middle of the night. But no one. What do you expect at three in the morning? A brass band? Well, there should be someone. Go down to the room. Julia. Did, did you hear that? Nothing but the wind. No. Something else. Nothing. Julia. Oh, what's the matter? Over the side of the ship. Huh? A, a hand. No. No, it isn't. Oh, Julia, come back. Come back. No. No, no, you're crazy. There's nothing. But I saw. Nothing. I went to the rail. There was nothing. Oh, we shouldn't have killed him, Julia. Oh, below. If I talk about it, maybe I'll find a little rest from the crazy thoughts that have been in my head for 20 years. Stop talking. Stop, you fool. Ever since that night, Julia, they've been tearing at me. Crazy thoughts. You're a fool. A fool. Not such a fool. The thought of it's made you an old woman, too. I'm all right. You, too, Julia. All these years, you've been afraid, too. Will you ever stop talking? At night, sometimes I hear you cry out in your sleep. No, I don't. You do, Julia, you do. You do in fear of him. Fear? Why should I be frightened? You help me carry him down the steps to the basement, Julia, remember? Stop it. I'm not afraid. His bones, they're dust by now. The worms took care of that. You are frightened. You are Tell me that you no. are. You know you no, are. No, no, no. Get away from me and stop talking to me. Yes, Nothing are. to be frightened of. Yes, We're miles at sea. Water yes, between us and the land. Yes, miles between us and where we buried him. Why should I be afraid of something dead for 20 years? I'm not afraid. I'm not... Julia! What? What? Look! His face! His face in the sky! Ladies and gentlemen, just a breath. When people say goodbye only with tears, when faces lift in the sky, when armless hands appear before you, perhaps as a medical man might say, a few deep breaths of relaxation are indicated before we 
return to tonight's Lights Out story. Back to tonight's Lights Out story. Bon voyage. The two old women, frightened, search through the empty corridors of the swaying ship for their cabin. Faster, Emma. Walk faster. This... Is this the, the right car? Oh, get out of my way. Cabin. Got to get to the cabin. Close the door. Lock it. Yes, yes, lock it. Can't hurt us if we're behind a locked door. It wasn't locked before. Oh, but that isn't our cabin, Julia. What are you talking about? Of course it is. No. I tell you it is. Julia, no. No. This cabin. Here. Oh. Oh, it's locked too. Got to get in. Got to get inside. Stuart! Let me in my cabin. Oh, no. No, you'll wake everyone up. Stuart, come here and let me in my cabin. Julia, no. Stuart! <gasps> no one... No one heard you. I'll make someone hear me. Let me in. I'll try another door. Let me in. Please let me in. Let me in. Wake up, somebody. Let me in. Oh, please open the door. Oh, open the door. Please open the door. Wake up, somebody, and let me in. Oh, let me in. Open the door, please. Up somebody and let me in, I say. Open the door. Julia! Julia! Let me in, I say. Stop! It's no use. What? What do you mean? They'll never answer us. Huh? They Why? found out about him. You're crazy. Come on, the next deck. Find someone to let us in our cabin. Stuart! Stuart! No, don't leave me. Wait for me, Julia. Stuart, somebody, somebody wake up. I want to get in my cabin. Oh, Julia. Sister Julia, they've, wait. They've wait. got to answer me. Look, that room, it says Chief Stewart. Oh, I'll show him not to answer me. I'll show him. Julia, what? Empty. And this one empty. And this one's empty too. Oh, Sister Julia. What? What have you found? Sister Julia. Stop waving your hands at me. Talk. The ship, teary tearing through the night. Oh, don't you understand? We're alone. We're alone! It... it doesn't seem possible. We've been all over the ship. But what... what makes it go? <laughs> oh, stop, you fool. Stop, stop. Trying to drive me crazy as you are. I can't stand it out here. Walls closing in on me. I'm going out. No, no, stay here. Oh, no, let me go. Let me go. No, no, no. You won't go on deck. You won't go on deck and live. You won't leave oh, me. I've got to get out of here. Get not up there. Oh, I'm not frightened. I didn't see his face. You did. Stay here or I'll choke the tongue out of you. Oh, oh, my neck. That's the way you killed him. That's the way. No. No, you killed him. You. I only held his neck. Your hand was on the knife. You stabbed him again. No. And again. No. And again. No, no. I'll go up there. I'll go up there. Emma. Emma, come back. Not on deck. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Emma. Emma, come back. Don't leave me. Emma, where are you? Emma. Emma, where are you? I admit it. I am afraid. I am afraid, Emma. Emma, where are you? It's so dark out here. All these years we've been together, you can't run off and leave me now when I tell you I'm afraid. <laughs> Emma! Oh, Emma. Emma, you're here. Go away. Emma, Emma, we've got to be together. Don't lie there on the deck. Get up. We've got to stay together the way we always oh, have. You talked me into killing him. You did. So I did. So I did. But you and I have got to stay together, I tell you, until we get off this horrible ship. Listen, Emma. 
A ship can't go without men making it go. But we've been on every deck, and there's no one, only him. Him, him, you insane fool. How many times must I tell you he's dead and dust? But you saw his face. Imagination, nothing more. The night's so black. I admit I'm frightened. Of course I'd see the thing I didn't want to see. But how could the ship... Listen, and I'll tell you. A great ocean liner like this one. There are men in the engine room and men on the bridge. What if there aren't any passengers? It just means we got on the wrong boat. But no one... I tell you, no. there is someone. Someone up there on the bridge steering the ship. If there was no steering, we'd go in circles. Look, see how straight through the waves we're going? There's no one... Come no. up to the bridge and I'll show you. There's a man up there steering this boat. A man of flesh and blood. There must be. There must be. <laughs> I'm afraid to climb. Come ahead. But how can you know? A man must steer this ship. If there's no one there. No. So dark. I can't see. Yes. This is up where the steering thing should be. No, I'm afraid. In there. The wheelhouse, they call it. Yes, that's it. There's windows around it. You see someone in there? No. A wheel? No, no. Well, there must be someone there. Come close, Emma. Look. Windows covered with mist. Look in there, Emma. Your eyes are better than mine. Tell me there's someone steering. No, no. Oh, no, no. Get out of the way. Let me. Close to the window. I'll see. Ah! Steering wheel. Emma. We are alone. I told you, I told no. you. No. No, stop the ship. Stop. Where are you taking me? Stop. No use, Emma. Stop. No use. Judge for our sin. The ship won't stop until we confess. I confess. Yes, I confess. I killed a man. We killed a man. For his money. Twenty years ago. We did it together. We needed money. We needed money. He had so much. Stabbed him. I did. Cut him up. And we buried him in the basement. And no one ever knew. There. Confessed. Now stop. Stop. Emma, you heard yes. the whistle. Someone is aboard. Yes. Who? I am. Oh, a sailor. You. The man who took us on this ship. The same, madam. You. Who are you? The captain of the ship, madam. Captain. Captain? My unfortunate pleasure, madam. What? Where? If you will excuse me, madam... I must go in there. It is time to take the wheel. But there's no one. How could the ship... You will excuse me. It is time. You've got to tell us. You will step into the wheelhouse this way. I will set the course. You've got to tell us. Yes. What is this ship? Where is everyone? And why did you bring us here? North by east. Aye. That's the course. Will you answer me? Julia, make him tell us. I'll go crazy. Say, look, Captain, whatever you are, tell us where we are. Tell us where we're going. We've got to. Where you are. Yes. On my ship, my lady. But what ship? Why did you bring us here? Because you killed a man for profit. <gasps> how? How did you... How did I know? When one is as I am, one knows many things. As you are... Your other question, madam? Where are we going? Yes, where? You go to your doom. The man's insane, Emma, that's it. We're on the ship with a madman. No, madam. 
A dead man. You, you're, you're crazy. Julia, what, what do we do? What? Calm yourself, my ladies, and listen. Yes, listen closely. It's no more than fair that it all be very clear in your minds before it happens. What? This is my ship, and on a night like this many years ago, I stood here just as I stand now, my two hands tight upon the wheel. Julia, what's he talking about? Listen to me. I stood here, and below the decks, asleep and trusting me, their captain, were 500 souls. Five hundred men, women, and their children. What's that got to do with us? Asleep, you hear me? Five hundred souls. I, their captain, my hands on the wheel, an empty sea ahead. Mine to make the course, mine to turn the wheel. I closed my eyes, I slept. I, the captain, slept. I didn't see, I didn't hear. A tower, a cliff of ice ahead, we crashed. I crashed and sank. Five hundred souls, and I, their captain. He is crazy. So the captain lost his ship and lost his life and five hundred lives with it. And so we sail again tonight. What's, what's it all to do with us, with Emma and me? The captain who slept and died made a bargain with the devil. A good bargain to bring him peace and rest. What? On each year, my ship rises out of the sea again. Once each year, I sail it. Oh, Julia, why is he talking like that? I set the course the same as I set it on that very night. The wind, it blows the same. But with me now, not 500 souls, but two. Two of evil like yourself. Well? We sail. My hands are on the wheel. And on and on, the ship, it tosses beneath her feet. I close my eyes again, just as I did that night. Suddenly, straight ahead, an iceberg. Julia, look! It's true. Something is ahead. Iceberg! My eyes are closed tightly, as they were that night. I cannot see it. I cannot. No, turn the wheel. Open your eyes. We'll crash. We'll crash. Open your eyes. Turn the wheel. No. My eyes stay closed. Don't you understand, you two? That's my bargain with the black one. Each year on this very night, I bring someone evil to the death. And for each one that dies with me this way, they blot out one of those 500 who drown beneath me, taken off my soul. One of them for each of you. Open your eyes. An iceberg. We'll die. Turn the wheel. No. I want you to die. You must die. Black one, listen. I give you two more evil ones. Two more. Mr. Obler, whatever gave you the idea of such a story is 
Bon voyage. <laughs> well, Frank, some of our stories are based on fact. Some are a mixture of scientific fact and fiction. And others are ghost stories founded upon unexplainable, but nevertheless apparently real happenings to real people. I think Bon Voyage shows what can happen in the minds of people who have an overpowering sense of guilt. Some say that there is an inevitable law of compensation. Who knows? Well, they're all certainly intriguing entertainment, but uh, what about next week? Well, before I tell you about next week's story, and I hope you'll like it as much as I enjoyed dreaming it up, first, uh, a minute for you. And ladies and gentlemen, I'll take that moment to remind you if simply because of vitamin B and iron shortage, you're unattractively thin and nervous, unable to eat or sleep as you should, seldom feeling really peppy and alive, then for your own sake, try ironized yeast tablets. They cost but a few pennies a day. What's more, they're sold on a money-back basis. Listen, if you don't quickly begin to eat and sleep better, to feel much stronger and livelier, and if you're not convinced that ironized yeast will help you gain pounds of brand new flesh, the cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by Ironized Yeast, Box IY, Rahway, New Jersey. Just be very sure you get the one and only Ironized Yeast, with IY on the package and on each tablet. And now, Mr. Obler, you're about to tell us... Yes, friends, it's a rather difficult transition from the out-of-the-world story we've just listened to to the cold realities of right now. And it's even more difficult after all the words you've heard about buying war bonds to say anything that hasn't been said. And yet, why look for originality in speaking about something that's as real and as close to us as this war? The second front is open. None of us know how long the road is to victory, but we do know that by putting every extra dollar, quarter, and dime that we have into war bonds, we're helping defeat Mr. Schickelgruber and Mr. Hirohito and company and help make a stable America when peace comes. To win the war and to hasten a fair peace, there's no better use for that paper and silver in your pockets. Certainly, cheer the boys on the second front, but do something about it with work and with purchases of war bonds. And now, Mr. Obler, what about next week? Well, come to the bank. No, that's not an order. It's a title of next week's Lights Out presentation. Uh, supposing a woman came up to you, a, a small, mousy little woman, and said, please come to the bank. Would you laugh? Would you run? <laughs> but find out what one man did. Next week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's eerie story of Come to the Bank. It is later than you think. A smooth, comfortable shave. That's what you want from a shaving cream. And, brother, that's what you get with Mole Brushless Shaving Cream. Mole forms a protective film between your skin and your razor, gives your razor something to ride on, helps guard your face against nicks and cuts. The result? A smooth, comfortable shave. So get Mole, M-O-L-L-E, Mole Brushless Shaving Cream. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. That was Lights Out and the episode Bon Voyage here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And that came to us from Keith, one of our listeners uh, who gave us that request from Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> 
Well, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> oh, Tim. I have been fighting four times now to make an A joke. So if I can do it, you can do it. But point is, hey, good suggestion, A. Uh, yeah. I love Lights Out so much. Gosh, it's a great show. And someone just wrote us not too long ago and said, you haven't done a Lights Out in a while. And then the Lights Out just appeared. And you're right. We haven't done one in a while. You are more or less our official... Uh, what's the word? You're the guy that knows most about Lights Out. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. The aficionado. The aficionado. You're a Lights Out Art, aficionado. Art aficionado. Yes. Have you ever listened to Bon Voyage before, Joshua? This is my big confession. This is one I've totally missed. I've wow. never heard it before, so it was extra exciting to listen to. <laughs> Did anybody else start envisioning the two ladies from Arsenic and Old Lace. 100%. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And even before, because it wasn't until 10, 12, 15 minutes in that we knew they'd killed someone. The, you know, the Arsenic and Old Lace ladies are really nice, aside from the murdering. Right. These ladies were mean. So before mm-hmm. I found out they murdered someone, I was thinking, it's like the ladies from Arsenic and Old Lace. And then at the end, Obler says... You know, some things are based in truth and some things, you know, he starts telling about where he gets the story ideas from. And I'm waiting for it. Please say, this was inspired by the arsenic and all lace. But uh, he didn't, so that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> the Brewster sisters, because if yes. I don't say it out loud, it's going to rot my brain. But yes, those are the ladies from arsenic and all lace. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as someone who is a huge Obler fan and critic of Obler sometimes, what did you think of this, Joshua? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, this is one of those Obler scripts that are really, really simple. It's not very convoluted, and I think that's where Obler sometimes loses the thread mm-hmm. when he tries too much. He's at his best when he keeps it really simple, mm-hmm. story-wise, and concentrates on directing it in a unique and compelling way. And I think that's where the story really succeeds. I mean, I don't want to take credit away from him as a writer because I think he does a number of really interesting twists on your expectations as the story goes along. Messing with my expectations was a nicer way than what I was thinking of like, this is all over the map. (laughs) Expert. That was the word I was looking for. Our arch obler expert. Uh, but I, I, I want to just add that all over the map, I don't mean to say like I didn't enjoy this. I love this, but I think it's a really good example of the things about arch obler that are good and the things that he's not good at is really well exemplified in this episode. Wait, are we saying that you were trying to figure out where this was going because it couldn't be as simple as it turned out to be? Hey, let me explain. I'm listening to this and... What ended up happening at the end was exactly where I thought it was going the entire time, and I got no surprises, and I really enjoyed it. Like, I was like, (laughs) oh, I know where this is going, and I don't care. Once they said we killed someone, okay, it's a ghost ship of some sort, and then I went, oh, they're going to their doom, and they're getting retribution, and I went, great, and it was awesome how they got killed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will put in there the two things that I I thought the trunk was going to pay off to be something especially if you were like we killed someone we have a large body sized trunk surely there must be a body in the trunk Um, (laughs) right but the but the other thing was the elaborate story this captain has at the last minute yeah like it really became all about him and his whole 
story. I fell asleep with 500 people, and I like it, but like, where did that come from? I like the explanation that once he gets a certain amount of people, he's free, or free, or whatever. Well, that's my he gets, my he gets a sandwich or something. Good, <laughs> my good and bad of Obler of like a air quote good writer would front load some of that information, um, but Obler is really talented at making interesting stories that are really weird and upsetting and disturbing and creepy, and he did a really good job at that. Front-loading meaning all of that exposition of the captain's story happening all at once should have been trickled in a little more? Or just picking up some of the themes of Mm -hmm. demonic death. I don't don't know. (laughs) Find a good writer. (laughs) Demonic death themes. You know, those classic themes of, oh, I owe a lot of souls. (laughs) I it, it didn't bother me. I, and I, it didn't bother me either. I just acknowledge that it's uneven. There was a whole lot at the top about abusing this cabbie. A lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, and, there is. So if it turned out that it was the cabbie driving the ship at <laughs> right, the end, right. it would have come full circle. Yes. I like the cabbie abuse from the standpoint that it does establish... Even in their guilt, they haven't learned how to be nice people. Yeah, and there's an actual line that Ober puts in there about their guilt. One of them says, it's made us into old women. Mm. And maybe I'm giving Obler too much credit or digging too deep, but I felt that was what Obler was trying to suggest at the top with their just almost cartoonish old lady things where they're giving right. contradictory complaints. We're not going to get there in time. Slow down. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and... I thought that was part of the themes that Tim was looking for is what guilt will drive you to doing or how guilt will transform you. Um, But I see your point that even if there was some recognition of the name of this ship, like that sounds familiar as they're getting on to suggest that there's going to be some part of this story that has to do with another mysterious story. I I don't want to imply at all I didn't enjoy this. I loved it. Tim, why did you hate it? God darn it. Um, <laughs> um, because particularly when you get to the point of they're on the boat, they're wandering through an empty boat that's at sea, and there's no one there, and they can open up any cabin they want, and they go, and there's no one there. At that point, even though I know the character elements have been established ad nauseum, the plot is probably not going to veer too far away from what you think it is, but it's still fun and creepy to be wandering around this abandoned boat and I'm just really happy to be with these old ladies in this story right now. Right. Maybe they were 28. Could be. They were, and, and they just, <laughs> their guilt had made them into old ladies. Yep. I'm going to go with that. I think that's probably wrong, but I'll let you, uh, I'll let you live in that untruth. You don't get to decide what's right and wrong. I thought I was the expert. Oh, you're right. No, you're the aficionado. Thank you. You're the Spanish expert, the aficionado. (laughs) Aficionado. (laughs) Name of the ship. (laughs) It's the iceberg aficionado. I might have just been listening to this with my dumb ears on because I thought many different things things were going to happen that didn't. I was ultimately satisfied by what did happen, but um, I kept thinking that they were dead, the two ladies, that they had died and were being evicted from (laughs) their boarding house. And they were who was taking them to the underworld. Exactly. And what made me think this is when they get on the ship, 
and the crowd appears who are waving, waving and crying. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there is some of Tim's foreshadowing that he wanted because yeah. I took those people to be um, the souls that died on the ship originally. That's how I went back and read it once we got the monologue from <laughs> Captain Guilty. I didn't get any of that, but I like that story a lot better. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I like the one we got better just simply because I didn't expect it. Right. I mean, I think there's a point about midway through in which I had that realization that, oh, they're being punished. Yeah. Uh, as soon as it's revealed that they murdered somebody. But I, also, then, I, I enjoyed the, the raw math of like, I don't know how close this guy is to hitting 500. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, that's six. <laughs> oh, this going to take forever. Uh, did they ever give the number? No. <laughs> He's got at least two. And I'm not sure how this works on a practical level, like how he advertises to get people to buy these tickets. Well, that was the one thing I didn't like about this is it would have been so easy. It would have been one sentence in the cab at the top of, I can't believe how cheap I found these tickets that were mailed to us. But then also maybe that gives too much away because I like also the reveal of this. Like you said, okay, so this is this is a story about abusing cabbies. <laughs> and then, okay, that's not what it is. And then they get to the docks, and then it's a slow burn of finding out they're there at midnight, that there's nobody around. But at least in the middle, you could have said, I told you not to click on that email. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like Harry Potter and owls brought the tickets. Yeah. Evil owls. Like, the other red herring for me is for a, is a brief moment, but at the top, I was thinking it was almost a sixth sense thing because mm. I believe it's Emma keeps funneling all of her questions and yeah. statements through Julia to ask people or to yeah. tell oh. people what to do. And so I was like, does she represent her guilty conscience that she has created? Um, but then it became very clear that that was not a cool thing. That, that would is happening. also be cool. <laughs> You've written two cool stories. Keep going. What's your third thing you thought was going on? Nope, that was it. I Damn only it. came up with two. However, I don't want to totally take that away from Arch because I do think he does some interesting stuff by choosing to make these two women instead of one murderer. I mean, on the most obvious level, uh, then the one murderer doesn't have to talk to themselves. <laughs> but I think even though Emma isn't literally the guilty conscience, he does use the two characters to explore some sort of thematic duality type It wasn't a nice stuff. touch. They, they kept trying to pitch responsibility onto each other. Mm -hmm. uh, it's sort of like a splintered self. Like, Julia is the dominant one with the public face that seems to judge others. Emma is more repressed, and she's also more conscious of the murder and crime. Their motivation for wanting to be on this boat was interesting and a little uh, jarring, I guess. It just didn't like, yes, of course, of... We want to get as far away from the body as we can. Yeah, mm -hmm. they want to get off land and away from... I think yeah. it's interesting, though. I think that the sea in, in a lot of, oh, I don't know, poetry, art, everything, the sea. The sea. The sea. Ah, the sea. But water in general and oceans, and, and that has a tradition of when you're out there, you're not part of the world anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And water is purification. Yeah, yeah. And they've been repressing this guilt. Um, submerging the guilt. And then I think that is interesting that they hit an iceberg <laughs> where you're, you're only seeing the tip of it. A, there's the repression, but also just that underneath it, I mean, it might as well be land that they hit. There's this huge thing they can't get away from. Now, 
Is there a reference to the Titanic? I know the Titanic hit an iceberg, but did the captain fall asleep on the Titanic is and kill 500 people? No, it was more than 500, wasn't it? Yeah, this isn't one of those things where it's supposed to be the Titanic, because this is Arch Obler, because yeah. that would be the last line of it. <laughs> right. Yes. It would be yes. Titanic, gong! <laughs> he would not have been subtle about it. I'm just saying there's a, a number of things that could the ship could have done to kill them. It's interesting he just went with iceberg. Well, yeah, I think he wanted to uh, invoke that image. I just don't think he was literally trying to suggest that this was the captain of the Titanic. Right, that's what I'm getting at. Oh, totally, he was wanting listeners to think the Titanic. Okay. But then again, I I also thought, maybe this is supposed to be the Titanic, but you're right, Obler would have went, and that was the Titanic guy. (laughs) (laughs) Would have called the episode. He would have had someone muttering, I'm on the Titanic, I'm on the Titanic, I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I'm on the Titanic. Like, <laughs> uh, my other version of the script that I maybe for a second thought it was going to be was that these women were being taken to the afterlife and they were going to complain the whole way and make every supernatural being they encountered life miserable. <laughs> well, that would have been a nice tie in with the opening. Yes. Everybody they come into contact with just ends up blowing their brains out, right? Like, <laughs> Grim Reaper has to take their trunk for them. <laughs> right, right. I, I like that Obler has worked. Clearly very hard to create this story of a 20-year-old murder and a (laughs) fleeing by night and a a dead captain and death by iceberg. And Tim's like, what about the cabbie? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. You're like the first character I met? (laughs) Made a connection with him? Really felt for him? Uh, who's you, la- you ladies uh, <laughs> want to get to the ship? <laughs> what does a yellow light mean? <laughs> Slow down. Uh, well, uh, any other thoughts in this thing? One of my favorite aspects of this production outside of the script is where Obler decides to use sound and not use sound. Yeah. It's used really sparingly, and when it is used, it's very faint. Things like the, you know, the cab engine is just a background hum. Yep. The wind on the deck of the ship is distant and far away. Often there's like no sound whatsoever, just to emphasize the absence of other people. Um, the empty dock and the empty ship, for example. And I think then when you have this just huge titanic crash at the end <laughs> uh, that just overwhelming sound is more powerful for it being choosy mind revolt of the worms to me of this overwhelming like this is going on maybe a few beats longer than your mm-hmm. average person might let it yeah and even then he leaves just a brief moment of silence at the end of that huge crash yep before the gong comes in are we good to vote uh, i want to bring up one other thing that i found really interesting um and that is, I don't know that I've heard many episodes from this particular run of Lights Out that still has the announcer intact. Mm-hmm. And I found him really compelling, because usually at the very beginning, it's Arch saying it is later than you think. But it's spoken by Frank Martin, I think is his name, the Iron Eyes Yeast guy, and he does it in a much more soothing, almost hushed tone. Yeah. Uh, and the gong is very subdued, too, compared to other intros i've heard yeah also on the commercial break i thought again he comes in and it's really unsettling when he says ladies and gentlemen just a breath i I I found that one of the the creepiest moments in the entire (laughs) episode and i agree 
talks about how, like, you know, after all that, we just need to pause. I, I was also struck by Obler's intro to it. Like, now for just a second, there'll be an ad. He hated ads. Yeah. I, I'm going to pay some bills. We're all just have to sit here and suffer through it. The, what was the end again? It had something to do with war bonds, right? Yes. This was another, we've won the European front, but we still have. Right. It was really interesting historically to listen to the idea that that second front had opened. And this is at the time when that had just happened. And it just, it struck me what it must have felt like to be living through that a little bit. Like how terrifying that must have been. Those two fronts going on and the begging for the money and we can do this. And and everybody listening is unattractively thin and nervous. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I always, I always feel like they're talking directly to me. <laughs> Thanks. I think I've had too much ironized yeast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I am going to start an improv group with the name Pounds of New Flesh. Oh. <laughs> I think I'll sell a lot of tickets. That's my I, synth band. <laughs> well, my band was going to be Subdued Gong. <laughs> I, I, I want to start the voting. All right. I had a vote, and then it changed during the course of this discussion, because I realized... Joshua had much better ideas for a story than what I listened to. Now, I really liked those thoughts that you had, Joshua. Like, oh, that would have been cool. And her being the voice of her conscience and them being on the already dead and all of those things. But all that being said, uh, I loved this. It was straightforward, horrific fun. It's one of my favorite lights out. Oh, wow. Yeah, for sure. One of my favorite lights out. I knew you'd like this one. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I finished listening to it, I went, well, I know Eric's vote. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, I would not call this a classic. But, uh, particularly, it, it suffers the disservice of, and next time we're going to have Come to the Bank, which I thought is a much, much better. That's right. Much and better. I love Come to the Bank. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, mm. But I think it certainly stands the test of time. It's uh, all the things that make Arch Obler so good. He can just turn on the horror and the suspense and the atmosphere, and and you never know what to expect in many ways. I mean, even though you sort of know what to expect, but uh, I didn't expect a big monologue at the end from the fourth character that we barely spoke. Um, <laughs> just keep twisting the knife, dude. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so, it's hard giving compliments sometimes. It was good. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I don't remember what we voted on Come to the Bank when we did that on this podcast, but you didn't like it? I think this is much better than Come to the Bank. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, well, I, Come to the Bank to me is an example, uh, to circle back to the beginning of this podcast, of Obler trying for more and not succeeding, whereas I feel he tries for less here and nails it. <laughs> right. So I guess it depends on your point of view. Like if you uh, admire I, his his attempt, but I think he fails miserably at like three of the four things he tries in that script. But I know I don't have the majority opinion on that no, one. No, I, I like this much better than Come to the Bank. I just enjoyed Come to the Bank. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the guy end up frozen in the wall? Yes. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless you're the guy. But let's not yeah. relitigate Come to the Bank. Okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to cheat a little because there are a couple other comments I didn't get to fit in that I'm going to try to incorporate into my final vote. Uh, he is an aficionado. <laughs> yes. I think... Uh, Senor aficionado. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it's deceptively simple as a ghost story, and, and I do like deceptively simple ghost stories. Um, I think there's a very satisfying surface narrative, but uh, if you happen to be a podcast host with an urge to dig deeper, there are hidden depths. And yes, that is an iceberg reference. <laughs> yes. Um, I, and what I wanted to swing back and note that it is yet another older script with female leads mm-hmm. and from the 30s and well into well all of old time radio. It's very hard to find. And Obler did that all the time. Mm-hmm. And yes, frequently. And one, not news either. No. Yeah. And frequently they are murdered. <laughs> but again... Unlike other old-time radio that murders women willy-nilly, um, the stories are still about them. Their murders are never the motivating factor for a male hero. It is the story of their death, but at least it gets to be <laughs> their story. Uh, a lot of them, poltergeist, well, triste, uh, uh, yeah. murder in the script department, which we haven't listened to yet, which is probably my all-time favorite. So I think he deserves uh, credit for that, and almost never... Are they femme fatales either? They are usually characters. So, yay, Obler. If I did have one critique, in all fairness, it is, and we didn't talk about this either, it is the disembodied hand and head in that middle part where they see the hand clutching the side and then they have like a bad LSD trip and see (laughs) see the the face in the sky. The face in the sky. Um, You know, the commissioner calling face man. I'm just not going to vote now. (laughs) Face man. I can't wait. Please write it. Uh, yes, so uh, Face Man was <laughs> not quite enough to take me out of the story, but I think the fact that he had so many more effective, scary cues and things uh, in here, the uh, the empty ship and knocking on the empty cabin doors, and I mean, the best image of this entire thing is the people gathering on the shore to yeah. cry and wave these guys off. So I felt like he had done some things that were interesting and effective and then went like, ah, I'm writing an Arch Obler script. Better put a giant head in here. You know, it's, <laughs> right. um, they were a little over the top. Uh, didn't ruin it for me, um, but kept it from reaching any sort of classic status for me. I definitely think it stands the test of time. And I want to thank Keith yeah. for sending it to us. And uh, Keith was very persistent. He sent this to us about a year and a half ago. And I think he's the first listener to then email again and go, uh, guys. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty aggressive for yeah, Canadian. I know. <laughs> he's like, yeah, right? He's like, Gee, I hope I'm not bothering you. <laughs> it was a year and a half. It was. So that was fair. Uh, so thank you, Keith. All right, Tim, tell him stuff. Hey, go visit ghoulishdelights.com. That is the home of this podcast. You'll find other episodes there. We name-dropped several of them in this podcast. Um, come to the bank being one that we all liked. Um, <laughs> you can also uh, vote in polls to let us know what you thought about this episode. Leave comments, send us messages. If you'd like to request an episode, send us a, a message and we'll add it to our list of episodes we get to about once in a year and a half. 
So, uh, you can also link to our social media pages, to our Threadless store if you want to buy some swag, or to our Patreon page. Yes, you should definitely go to Patreon.com/slash/TheMorals and support this podcast. Uh, it takes a lot of our time and energy and uh, face man jokes <laughs> <laughs> to make this podcast, and we have a lot of great benefits for those who become patrons and i list them all the time you're probably getting sick of me saying it so i'm gonna throw out a challenge to our patrons who are listening if you record us an endorsement if you love all these uh benefits send us a recording and we will play it we will play a testimonial from a patron um I mean, we'll screen it for swear words <laughs> nope. and other weird things. <laughs> nope. Whatever you send. Whatever you send, we will play it. All right. Unlisten to. Wow. Unlisten to. Absolutely. No editing. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. And now to talk about our live shows, the guy from Come to the Bank. <laughs> hey, we do live shows. Uh, the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society uh, performs a classic old-time radio drama and a lot of original scripts live on stage monthly for many years. You can find out where we're performing and what date and what shows we're doing uh, by going to ghoulishdelights.com or mysteriousoldradiolisteningsociety.com. Once you find out, you can say, hey, I'm in St. Paul or wherever we're performing that month, and you can say, I'm going to go see it. But if you are unable to go that night or don't live anywhere near here, you can always buy an online ticket and watch our live stream or just watch the live stream recording later. And it's not janky. It's pretty good. We do pretty good uh, camera angle niceness. I don't know. It's not just it's not a guy with a phone. <laughs> so uh, go to MysteriousOldReadyListeningSociety.com and get a ticket or GhoulishDelights.com and get a ticket to see us performing Live. All right. What's coming up next? Up next, we're listening to an episode of Zero Hour, uh, an episode entitled Skylab, Are You There? Until then. Look out! Face man. <laughs> <laughs> I 